the startup tax credit is really a key tool in encouraging small employers to start a retirement plan. And, and we're really excited about how this you know, could jumpstart uh, a significant increase in startups. This is 401k specialist editor-in-chief Brian Anderson, and this is the 401k specialist podcast. Secure 2.0 is the gift that keeps on giving for retirement plan advisors with seemingly countless provisions coming online over time that are all intended to uh, help close the workplace retirement plan coverage gap and encourage more workers, especially those at small businesses, to save money in 401ks. We're going to talk about several of those provisions today, and we're going to do so right after this brief message. The SECURE 2.0 Act of 2022 and its predecessor, SECURE Act of 2019, are historic retirement legislation, with more of SECURE 2.0 provisions beginning to take effect now and over the coming years. The public policy team at Principal has expertise in the legislation, understanding its array of changes, new mandates, and fresh opportunities. If you're a financial professional and you or your clients have questions about the provisions, Principal can help. Find resources, including detailed information on the Secure 2.0 provisions and answers to trending questions at principal.com forward slash retirement dash legislation. All right, here to help us understand some of the key newer requirements of Secure 2.0 that are impacting retirement plan sponsors and participants, we've got Lance Schoening, who is the Director of Policy at Principal, a leading global financial services company based in Des Moines, Iowa. Lance is responsible for analysis of proposed and new retirement legislation and regulation and advocacy efforts in conjunction with industry trades to promote policies that support retirement readiness efforts. He also serves as a policy board member of the American Benefits Council and is a past chair of the Retirement Plans Committee of the American Council of Life Insurers. Welcome to the 401k Specialist Podcast, Lance. Thank you, Brian. Glad to be with you. All right. Well, first off, let's take a look at uh, some of some of the new Secure 2.0 requirements that are teed up for 2024. Can you tell us about a few of the key changes, like the transition period for catch-up contributions going to Roth, uh, the new rules for long-term part-time employees, and the provision requiring auto enrollment and auto escalation for most of the startup workplace retirement plans? Absolutely. So, you know, uh, the good news is that most of Secure 2.0 consists of optional provisions. So there, there are a handful of these requirements that you mentioned. So let's go through those. Um, you know, the uh, first off, the requirement that uh, beginning, uh, according to the statute, on January 1 of 2024, that anyone with wages in excess of $145,000 a year must make catch-up contributions as Roth contributions. Uh, the challenge with this particular requirement is that uh, wages for this purpose are defined as FICA wages. And, and this is really the first time that FICA wages have been needed uh, for retirement plan administration. So that's really caused just this mass scramble uh, amongst industry providers and specifically payroll providers uh, to attempt to update payroll feeds in time for that effective date. So thankfully, we can all take a sigh of relief. Uh, the IRS uh, offered a two-year administrative transition period for this requirement. So under that new guidance and until December 31st of 2025, the IRS will not consider 
tax-deferred catch-up contributions for this impacted group is uh, violating the new requirements. So we can kind of put this aside, but keep it in mind because we are going to have to, you know, have those payroll feeds ready to go in 2026. Uh, So the next one you mentioned um, is actually a provision that originated with Secure 1.0, which requires that employees with at least 500 service hours per year in a three consecutive year period must be made eligible to participate in an employer's retirement plan. So if if you have clients that use hours-based eligibility, uh, any employees who have worked 500 or more hours each year uh, in 2021, 2022, and 2023 must be informed that they're eligible to participate in 2024. Uh, but you're only required to notify these individuals of their eligibility to participate. You don't uh, need to automatically enroll these individuals. You're not required to make employer contributions on their behalf. And you can also exclude them from non-discrimination testing. So the twist here with this provision is that uh, beginning in 2025, Secure 2.0 accelerates the eligibility period to two consecutive years of 500 or more hours. So remember this, uh, anyone who has worked 500 or more hours over any two consecutive year period between 2021 and 2024 must be informed of their uh, ability to to, uh, participate in 2025. Uh, The last one you mentioned that we'll cover under requirements is a new requirement that most startup plans must implement automatic enrollment and auto escalation uh, at a minimum of 3% default contribution and a 1% annual increase up to a minimum of 10% of pay. And they're going to allow that to move up to 15% of pay in the near future. Uh, So this requirement is effective for any plans that started on the effective date uh, of Secure 2.0, which uh, was December 29th of of 2022. However, plans don't need to implement that requirement until January 1 of 2025. So they have some time to kind of get ready for that. Um, There are a number of exclusions as well. Um, So organizations that have 10 or fewer employees and those who have been in operation for less than three years, as well as governmental plans and church plans are excluded. Uh, So the one thing that I always note here is that, you know, with this new requirement, what what we see in our experience with automatic enrollment, auto escalation, is that it works, uh, that employees do not opt out. Uh, They tend to go right along with uh, the design and continue to increase their contributions. So that means startup plans should be healthier in relative participation and contribution rates. And as a result, you should see their assets under management grow at a faster rate than what we've typically seen with startups in the past. So if you're a financial professional who hasn't necessarily worked with startups in the past because of, you know, kind of some of those challenges, you might want to reconsider because, uh, you know, startups should look a lot more attractive going forward. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, let's talk about some of the other optional features resulting from Secure 2.0 that can be implemented at the plan sponsor's discretion. Um, for example, what is the the self-certification of hardship withdrawals provision? And can you also touch on the one about uh, eliminating unnecessary plan requirements related to unenrolled participants and maybe the new safe harbor for auto enrollment errors? Absolutely, Brian. So, you know, all three of these are kind of under the uh, 
the goal of making plans uh, more administratively streamlined. So it's kind of making things a little easier for plan sponsors. Um, so, you know, one of the most discussed provisions in this category is uh, the one that allows plan sponsors to rely on an employee's self-certification that that employee has met a required condition to qualify for hardship withdrawal. So this new capability allows the employer to rely on that employee to make an accurate representation of their hardship need. Uh, a fraudulent claim by that employee is going to be on their responsibility and their shoulders. Uh, however, there's, there is a caveat to this. If the employer has knowledge that the claim is fraudulent, the employer does have to act on the knowledge. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it is it is on the, the shoulders of the employee if the IRS happens to uh, find out that there was a fraudulent claim. Now, keep in mind, this is optional. So a plan sponsor can continue to review and approve hardship applications if they want to take a more paternal approach. Uh, and in fact, uh, we at Principal offer a range of services uh, from that kind of beginning stance where the plan sponsor reviews everything and makes the determination to where they can pass it off to us to do so on their behalf, all the way to self-certification by the employee. Um, uh, the, the second provision you noted here in this kind of area of administrative streamlining um, basically allows a plan to exclude unenrolled participants from most ongoing required notices. So unenrolled participants is defined as those who are eligible, but they've never participated. They have no account balance. So the only ongoing notice required for this group going forward uh, is the annual eligibility notice. So that hopefully this saves some cost, some paper in terms of sending these big packets out to individuals on an annual basis who really uh, only need that eligibility notice going forward. Uh, and then the, the last provision here is a very helpful one, especially in the context of this new requirement that startup plans must have auto-enrollment, auto-escalation. Uh, this provision uh, provides a safe harbor that allows a plan sponsor to self-correct any inadvertent payroll errors that occur as a result of automatic enrollment and automatic step-up plan features. And as you can imagine, small employers who are kind of getting used to this, it's going to be normal that there is some, you know, payroll errors that occur. So as long as the employer corrects the error within a reasonable time period after identifying it, they don't need to report it to regulators uh, as they normally would through the voluntary compliance program filing, which can often lead to additional questions, maybe additional investigation or audits, which is problematic. So this allows the plant sponsor to self-correct without any of that. All right. Uh, as we know, a, a big reason that lawmakers passed Secure 2.0 was because they really wanted to increase access to workplace retirement plans and bridge that big coverage gap, impacting lots of people that work at smaller companies that don't currently offer a 401k. Can you tell us about some of the provisions that really hone in on this, like the tax credits that encourage small to medium-sized businesses to start their own plans? Yeah. Uh, so closing the coverage gap was certainly a main goal of Congress in the Secure 2.0 legislation. And the startup tax credit is really a key tool in encouraging small employers to start a retirement plan. And, and we're really excited about how this you know, could jumpstart uh, a significant increase in startups. So Secure 2.0 specifically enhanced the retirement plan startup tax credit for employers who have 50 or fewer employees 
And they do that by allowing these employers to count 100% of their startup and maintenance costs uh, for their plan uh, for each of the first three years, up to a cap of $5,000 each year. So at the top end, um, a plan could qualify for a $5,000 tax credit for each of the first three years of operation. And that's significant. Uh, And it applies even when the small employer joins an already established pooled employer plan or a multiple employer plan as their first step in offering retirement uh, benefits. Uh, So Secure 2.0 does another thing. It goes further. It also offers a new additional tax credit for startup plans that also offer an employer matching or non-elective contribution. And this new tax credit is equal to the employer contributions that are made on behalf of any employee with wages of $100,000 or less. And that credit is capped at $1,000 per employee. You get the full rate for the first two years, and then it grades down by 25% over the next three years. And then finally, you know, just remember, there is also an additional tax credit for small employers who implement auto-enrollment. Uh, And that's $500 for each of the first three years of use. So all these can be used in combination and they can add up to significant tax credit dollars. Yeah, those are uh, some very impressive incentives. Um, Now, uh, now part of the equation is how all these new startup tax credits mix with what has been a significant influx of state-based auto IRA plans that uh, mandate enrollment for workers not covered by a workplace retirement plan. When a small business owner considers whether to start their own plan or default their employees into a state-mandated IRA, what are some of the factors that play into this decision? And with all of these new startup tax credits, is there a real opportunity for growing the small biz side of the private plan market? Yes. So this this audience knows probably better than anyone that there are many considerations that factor into the small business owner's decision on whether to sponsor a plan. Uh, you know, costs are always a key consideration. Uh, and the startup tax credits should be very helpful in overcoming business owners' concerns in the initial years of sponsoring a plan. Um, you know, it should go a long ways towards offsetting all the out-of-pocket costs for a new plan. Uh, and it gives that small business owner more time to get comfortable with budgeting those costs for that employee benefit program. Um, there are also relatively new products that are both very cost and time effective. And I'll highlight our own, Principal's own Simply Retirement Digital Solution. Uh, and there are plan options as well that seek to reduce the time intensiveness, uh, uh, including pooled employer plans. Um, it's also you know, no revelation to anyone on this call that the job market remains tight, good talent remains difficult to find, and, and just as hard to retain. Um, with retirement benefits continuing to score kind of in the top three demand from job seekers, uh, offering a retirement plan really is a kind of a critical step to better compete not only with your small employer peers, but also larger organizations who most likely already offer retirement benefits. Uh, so, Brian, you you pointed out, noted a relatively new dynamic, and that's the growing number of state governments that have passed laws requiring employers to offer uh, retirement benefits to their employees, or if they don't, automatically enroll those employees into a state-run IRA program. So, if you're in one of these states, uh, there is great research that has demonstrated that many small employers are starting their own plans rather than take the state solution. 
Uh, and what we've seen are startup rates in um, the plans or the states that first started with these mandates, uh, startup rates fully 35% higher than in states that don't have a mandate. So this does present a great opportunity for financial advisors to help their small employer clients take that step. Uh, even if they've enrolled into the state auto IRA program uh, to consider something more robust that provides uh, both the business owner as well as their employees, you know, greater uh, opportunity to save than you would in, in a simple IRA program. All right. Well, uh, I think we're all very excited about uh, Secure 2.0 and what it, what it can do for us. Uh, Lance Schoening from Principal, thanks for joining us today and sharing your insights about Secure 2.0 on the 401k Specialist Podcast. Happy to be here. Thank you.